Hey, welcome to the Health Coaches Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Howard Jacobson. Before we get to today's episode, a question. Would you like to become a wicked effective health coach to help people change their behaviors, change their habits, change their health destinies, and to be able to do it through a reliable process, one that works every time? If so, I'd invite you to check out the WellStart Health Coach Training Academy. And you can find it at wellstartcoach.com. And you can check and see when we're running our next training course. All right, let's get to today's topic. Hey, Howard Jacobson here with Sick to Fit and Plant Yourself. And I'm with the very good Dr. Glenn Livingston with Never Binge Again. Cool. So I want to talk to you today about um, motivation and ways in which motivation can be harmful or, or toxic. I know you, you start when you work with someone on assessing their motivation and really kind of sort of ramping it up, like creating potential energy to get, mm -hmm. you know, to start them off strong. Mm -hmm. um, I'm doing less and less of that mm. as, as I coach. And um, I'd love to get your thoughts on like when motivation is helpful and when it becomes unhelpful or when when the the belief that you need motivation can become unhelpful. Mm -hmm. Do you want to say more about it or do you want me to uh, opine? Opine. Okay. Have you read BJ Fogg's work, Tiny Habits? I'm, I'm familiar. I haven't finished the book. Actually, I haven't started the book, but I did his course. Um, okay. So okay. I, do, I do know his model. So you're, he's got like an action curve, which has to do with um, the presence of a prompt, your ability, and your motivation. When you put those three things together, you get a behavior, right? Right. And, and the problem with motivation is that it's often fleeting. It's temporary. It's helpful, but it's not always there. Um, when you can increase people's ability to perform a help, helpful behavior or decrease their ability to perform a harmful behavior, you can do that more permanently. And when you can remove the prompt, like sometimes in the beginning of uh, learning to give up a substance, for example, I will tell people not to drive past the bakery that they would normally drive through or take a different route home. Um, I will tell them that when they go out to dinner, they should put Vicks Vapor Rub on their nose so that the stimulus, the prompt for overeating is not there to stimulate the behavior. Um, I ultimately see behavior as a matter of character and just deciding to become the kind of person who does this or doesn't do this or doesn't do that so that you, it doesn't matter how motivated or unmotivated you are, you know, it, it's, it doesn't matter how, how motivated I am to be a good person in society, society in a particular day. I don't, I don't go kick old ladies in the tush outside. Um, regardless of my motivation that day, it's just not the kind of person that I am. Hmm. And, and so I think that ultimately we're trying to install these kind of automatic rules inside of us that, um, that fire whether we are in the mood or not. And so that's why I say when, when the pig says we don't care, it, it'll make you think you're saying I don't care, I'm just going just gonna to binge. I will say, well, I don't care that you don't care, pig, because I do care. But more importantly, I don't have to care. I just have to do the right thing. 
I don't know if I'm right. Right. Yeah. Because here, here's where I'm, I'm. I was I was part of a uh, of a, a discussion of a, a bunch of like pretty high powered coaches, and we were talking about like what gets in the way of people changing behaviors, and and how we can help them, and like what are the dynamics, and. I was surprised how many of them were defaulting to motivation as the cure. Like you've really mm -hmm. got to remind the person of their why. And, you know, they, they have to switch from saying I want to I must. And it was, you know, and I kept thinking like this misses the point at a certain point. Like you want to sell. Well, you want to know at the beginning, like, yeah, I do care about this. I am, you know, I'm willing to pay. Right. It's not just write me a check, but I'm willing to pay life, right? I'm willing to sacrifice certain things. I'm willing to spend time on it. But as you said, what we're looking for is automaticity. And so my my friend Peter Bregman, who I'm writing a book with, he talks about like most what most people think of as motivation problems are follow through problems. And the 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 important distinction is that a motivation problem you solve by thinking. Right. So if someone's I'm not motivated, we will do a motivational interview with them. We'll ask them, like, what's important about this? We'll ask them what happens if they don't achieve it. Right. So we're, we're getting them to think. He says, but a follow through problem, the solution to that is to not think. <laughs> right. It's, it's just to do the thing, to follow those steps automatically. Interesting. Interesting, because in some ways, when you're thinking, you're giving the pig a chance to talk you out of it. Yeah. So take it a step further for me. When do you think that motivation is appropriate and when do you think that you want to ignore the motivation and focus on the other elements of behavior? Yeah, I think motivation is important. Motivation is like oxygen. It's it's only important when we don't have enough of it. Got it. So it's necessary, but not sufficient. Right. And and, you know, as, as if like there were schools of thought. Yeah, you know, I think about this like money too. like when there's there's all these studies of of, of money and happiness and the curve, the curve is pretty much um, like up and to the right until about seventy two thousand dollars. And then it either levels off entirely. There's no correlation beyond that, beyond a certain amount of money between money and happiness. Right. Or, you know, the or the correlation is like People who are naturally happy get happier with money and people who are naturally unhappy get unhappier with money. But, the, you know, on, on average, there's no correlation past a certain point. And so there's a lot of people out there who think that money, more money will bring them more happiness. And it, and it can be, you know, becomes very dysfunctional for them, for their family. And I would argue for civilization as a whole. Right. This 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 so need to fill of, all the holes with money. Kind of so, like going to a restaurant when you're thirsty and saying, bring me two gallons of water. <laughs> You're not going to need much more than a glass or two. Right, right. And so to to take motivation as the solution to everything to me is like trying to take money as the solution to everything. Motivation solves motivation problems. But we live in such a judgmental society in which your state is, you know, is the thing that's like, you know, you can bootstrap. So, every, you know, Everything that we do wrong is well, you, you know, they weren't thinking right about it. They, they weren't didn't want it enough. Mm. Right. Mm. So it's, it's it can be so toxically judgmental 
that we internalize this idea that whatever is wrong with me, it's a it's a matter of either motivation or we can generalize it into character. Right. Like I have a I have a, I'm, how many people have told you this? Like I'm just lazy or I'm undisciplined or I guess I just don't care. I mean, you, you must hear that day in uh, and day out, day in and so, day out from people new so, to your to never binge again. What's the solution? Well, I think the solution is to to first of all, I, I, I want to give people and, and this this is something that I got from from Never Binge Again. It was when you worked with me, we started on a really simple thing, Cliff like just, just learning the rules. Yeah, actually, Cliff Bars was the second thing we worked on. The first thing okay. was actually a, 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 I taped a note to my electric toothbrush reminding me to be sure that I, I spent some time thinking about what I could eat the next day. I remember that. Right. It, took, it literally took four seconds. Like, OK, yeah, I got it. You know, <laughs> we're hoarders. We have two freezers. There was, there was plenty of food. So to, that, that was actually the moment, by the way, that I figured out that it was necessary to push people to 100 percent confidence. Uh -huh. And that that last leap was always a leap of faith. Yeah. You could I, never feel it, but you had to claim it. Yep. Uh, that, that was a pivotal session for me. Oh, good. 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 So go ahead. I, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Good, because you know I never paid you, so uh, I'm, I'm glad it helped you too. That's true. <laughs> so well, well, we recorded it so people could listen and benefit from it. And anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so where was we? <laughs> Man, we're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do we have to pause and play it back? Roger, you're no, we, we, we can do this. Um, yeah, Roger, what were we talking about? I think it was your testicles. Um, <laughs> I think that was the last conversation. That was, that was the, and people won't have known that in this call. We were talking about what the solution was for the. The problem is that when you emphasize motivation as a solution to everything, then people think they don't have the right character. Right. There must be right, something wrong. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So what you did with me was you said, here's a simple step. So what we want to do, I think, is prove to people that they can take action even when they don't feel like it. So I want to start with something that's going to be like a, you know, a 99 to 100% surety. I used to, I used to coach people to say, let's let's give you something that's going to be challenging that you can succeed four out of five times, like we're going mm -hmm. for a B minus. And my thought mm -hmm. in that was that's a good place to go because it's just challenging enough. There's some there's some research on that, like that's sort of a sweet spot. Um, and when you fail, you can grow from it and, you know, you still want to have some skin in the game and, and make it a little bit challenging. Now, when people start. I want the, I, this is what I say to them. I said, I want you to, you know, come up with your plan. And then I used to say, you know, so on a scale of one to 10, with 10 being totally confident, and one being, I'm sure I'm not going to do it. Where are you? Now I say, would you be willing to bet a painful sum of money on yourself? Hmm. Um, I got this from a book, uh, Thinking in Bets by Annie Duke. And the idea okay. is like, what life is, life is a series of bets. And the way we act, you know, will show us will show us and our and other people what we really think. Like, you know, if you and I are philosophizing, we say, well, I think it's possible to levitate. 
And then I take you to the top of the Empire State Building and say, OK, Glenn, <laughs> Mr. Levitating is possible. Prove it. Show me. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> so I want people to, to have that that experience of, OK, I'm going to eat a baby carrot with every lunch. I don't care how unmotivated I am. I'm gonna, can I, you know, would you bet on yourself for that? And then they start to see, OK, so there is a way in which I can do things that I don't feel like doing in the moment. Mm. And mm. how now how do I do that? What has to be in place? It's not motivation. It's BJ Fogg's prompt. It's are there baby carrots in the house? Is it how do I remember to get the baby carrot? Is it a note on the fridge? Is it a reminder on my phone? Is right. it I put the baby carrot on top of my sandwich before I go to bed so it's there in the morning and I can't miss it. And are they ready made and peeled so that my ability to eat them is real, real quick and easy? Right, right. And do I like baby carrots? <laughs> yeah. Or, or, you know, can I tolerate baby carrots? Are they going to make me puke? Right. All right. So so that I think once people understand that th we, we do things that we would rather not do in the moment, um, you know, and, and like most of us who are not trust fund babies have to do this for work. Right. Even, even you and me who are who are like living our dream, there's stuff we have to do that we would rather not do. Absolutely. And I think people get that around every aspect of their lives, except sort of their health behaviors. You know, like people, it's a revelation when I say, so, you know, what do you do for a living? I, such and such. Um, so do you get, you know, and this was before the pandemic. I say, so you go to work in the morning? I said, yep, every, you know, every weekday. And so, but on mornings where you don't feel like it, you'll just call in sick, right? And they'll go, no, no. Oh, <laughs> like I don't have to want to do it to do it. That's a really good intervention. I'm going to borrow that if that's OK. Of course. Yeah, it's, it's we're taping so the world can borrow it. The world can borrow it. Yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. Um, is there any other way that you help people succeed without motivation? Um, yes. So this is get, this gets a little meta. But as you and I know, being a the person we want to be is a huge high. Right. Being in integrity and living your values is way better than any drug. Mm -hmm. right. And so that, that's a kind of motivation that you can have, especially when you have no motivation. So I teach my clients that not having motivation is actually a beautiful opportunity. Because that's when you make the most progress. Right. If you that's do when, something, that's when character shines through. It's when sh it shines through. It's also when the muscles get developed. Right. So we have, we have in our program, we have a concept of the fight through, which I borrowed from a book called Organize Tomorrow Today. Um, and they talk about three stages of habit formation. First is honeymoon, where it's a new thing. You're entran entranced. You've got all this energy, right? You're doing your six hours a day of never binge again, and you can do it. And then the, the third stage is um, second nature. It's, you don't even have to you don't put any energy into it. It's just it's just who you are. The second stage is the question is, how do you get from honeymoon 
to second nature. And you don't get you don't get there except through what they call fight through. Because second nature only comes about through challenge, through struggle. Mm, mm. And so if you're motivated to do it, you're you know, you're you're building the habit, you're building automaticity. But but it's not really laying down deep tracks. When you lay down a deep track is when you really don't feel like it and you do it anyway. So if you only were in front of chocolate cake when you were exceptionally full and satisfied, then you don't really have the opportunity to become someone who doesn't eat chocolate cake. Right. Because you're, you're not you're not going to be tempted. In order to become someone who doesn't eat chocolate cake, you need to be in front of chocolate cake when you're hungry or haven't had anything sweet after dinner um, or whatever else normally tempts you so that you can fight through that moment and make the muscle stronger. Precisely. Another way that I say that is the only way to kill a craving is to have a craving. Yes. The, the craving has to be active for you to have an opportunity to develop new neural pathways in the presence of that craving. Right, right. So, so there's there's a concept that I got from um, behavioral economist Dan Ariely, who was who was interested in why why people did CrossFit. <laughs> he, he would watch people do CrossFit, and he's like, these people are miserable. Yeah. And they're complaining to each other, and they're commiserating, and they're bragging about how bad they hurt and how awful the workout was. I did it for three years, so right. I, I know. So it says like and he, he also sees this among like triathletes and, you know, so there's tribes and he calls it benign masochism. And the idea is that feeling bad feels good if you if you choose to let it. And especially if you're in a, a culture, a subculture where that's true. So like, OK, I'm totally unmotivated right now. I can get really excited about this is an opportunity to do something that's hard. You know, we call it the mother of all fight throughs. It's like I have I wake up today with zero motivation. All I want to do is give in, listen to the pig. Boy, today is going to be a special day on my on my journey. Right. Gotcha. So, so we can gotcha. actually be, you know, turn zero motivation into incredible motivation. Just not it, this is the opportunity you've been waiting for. Yes. Yeah, because the only way out is through. And yeah. this is this is when the door opens up. This is when the door opens up to a new life. Um, that it's a hard concept for people to get because people think that there's something wrong if they're having cravings. People think that that's an indication that they're weak of character, but it's actually the fact that they're having the craving and not acting on the craving is an indication that they're strong in character and have an opportunity to build it. Right, right. There's um, I can't remember where this is from. It might have been an old Woody Allen line um, where he, he wrote a short story way back in the day when you could still like Woody Allen um, about like tales of the Hasidic masters. This this sort of, you know, uh, take off a satire on the genre of like, you know, Jewish wisdom tales about Eastern European rabbis. And it was right. something like, you know, the the blessed rabbi of Lvov used to confound the evil urge by giving in without a fight. <laughs> I say, I say, <laughs> I, I always remember Woody Allen for saying that he wouldn't want to be a member of any club that would have him for a member. Oh, I thought that was Groucho. Was that Groucho Marx? 
Thought it was Woody well, Allen. I don't know. Now, now, now we need to, we need people to comment. <laughs> you're, you're you're better with quotes than I am. You're probably right. I hope you found that helpful. So, if you'd like to become a health coach, or maybe you already are a health coach and you'd like some additional training and more skills, or perhaps you're a health professional, a doctor, nurse, dietitian, etc., who would like to be able to influence your patients more effectively. Again, check it out. Wellstartcoach.com. All right. Have a great day.